Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. Passage-based ranking is live. Did you notice a difference? We saw significant changes across many of our clients, but they're really hard to identify because a lot of things went on in the last couple of weeks. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you some of the patterns that I've seen so far. It's far too early for us to say anything super conclusive about passage-based ranking, but Google's made a pretty big deal about this, and I think it's a big change that's going to affect a lot of websites in ways that are really hard to measure. I'm going to go into more detail about that later on in the podcast, but before we get too far, I should mention that this podcast corresponds with episode number 171 of Search News You Can Use, which you can find by going to mariehaines.com slash newsletter. And also, as it seems like we have a bunch of new readers and listeners this week, uh, thanks to being mentioned by Ahrefs as one of the best marketing newsletters. Thanks for that, Ahrefs. Uh, I'll just briefly mention, for those of you who are new to, uh, to newsletter and to podcast, we have two versions of our newsletter. In the free version, we try to share the most important Google announcements and news that pretty much everybody in SEO should be caught up on every week. And in the paid version, which is currently $18 a month, you also get more of my insight into what Google's doing uh, and a lot more content and tips. At MHC, we currently have 10 of us and soon to be 12 or 13 as we're about to hire a crew of new trainees. And every single person on the team is involved in finding and writing about the best SEO tips we can find on Twitter, on Reddit, and on some of the great articles that are published by our community each week. You know, I, I should tell you a funny story about our interviews last week. So we had over 500 applicants for our training position at MHC, and we've narrowed it down to 12 people to interview, which was not an easy task. And let me tell you, it's going to be really hard to choose out of those 12 people. Uh, we're going to hire two or three because pretty much everybody we've interviewed so far has been really, really interesting, really smart, and, and looks like they'd fit in extremely well. Uh, but I wanted to tell you about one of the interviews where I completely lost it. <laughs> so in doing, I'm doing these interviews with Summer. Um, if you've engaged with Marie Haynes Consulting on social media, then you know Summer because she runs our social accounts and she does a ton of other stuff for us at MHC. Uh, and so because we're working from home, uh, well, Summer's helping me with the interviews uh, over Zoom. And Summer starts explaining each interview uh, by, by saying that her pets are there. <laughs> And because we're working from home remotely, there could be some distractions. So we're in the middle of this deep conversation with one of the applicants when all of a sudden I see on my Zoom call this door behind Summer just very slowly opens. I can't see who it is. I just see it slowly opening. It reminded me of that BBC interview where uh, the kids ran into the guy's room and then the nanny ran in to like get the kids, although it wasn't quite as funny as that. Um, and then a few seconds later, all of a sudden, this little brown and white paw starts to slowly creep up the screen uh, from Summer's chest all the way up to her face. And her, her new little kitten was so desperate for attention that he was doing all he could to be noticed. So anyhow, that was a really good laugh. Uh, I've really enjoyed doing interviews this week. And uh, we're, uh, we're going to be hiring 
a couple of people over the next few days. So that's that's exciting for us. Uh, so back to the SEO news. This week has been really exciting because Google actually released passage-based ranking. You know, I haven't seen a lot of people talking about this change uh, so far, you know, but it seems to be having a, a big effect on a great number of sites. Um, and I, I've seen a number of sites that did not fare well so far with passage-based ranking. I think it's going to be a super confusing time for SEOs. Um, in a second, I'm going to share my very early thoughts on what we're seeing so far. And I'm also going to talk about uh, a few other things. I should mention, I'm going to talk about a Reddit post from John Mueller that it, it disappeared, but it's got a lot of really good information uh, um, about Google's algorithms. And so I'm going to share on that and how Google's algorithms differ from manual actions. I'll talk just a little bit about a manual action that we got lifted this week as well. Uh, they're getting very, very hard to get manual actions lifted. Um, before we get into all of that, let's just share some of the most important news that's happened outside of passage-based ranking this week. So Google announced via the Google search liaison Twitter account this week that back in November, and I'm recording this in February now, back in November, they made some significant changes to how image search works. It involves reducing duplication in image search. Uh, I haven't thoroughly analyzed this. Actually, come on, I should probably be honest. I haven't analyzed this at all uh, with all the stuff that's going on. We, we've got more information in the newsletter on this change. And also we've listed it in our list of known and suspected algorithm updates. You can find that at mariehaines.com algo. So if you rely on image search, uh, this is something you probably should be paying attention to. I think I might look back at some of the sites that we analyzed that saw drops in November, uh, maybe just to see if we can connect that to image search changes. It's not something that we've looked into in great detail, but it sounds like something that uh, could affect a great number of sites. And speaking of images, John Mueller shared some best practices for image use that we've listed in newsletter as well. Another tip which I pulled out of newsletter, and I think will affect a lot of people, is that your GDPR banner, uh, the banner that you put up, um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, there was a big fuss made out of, uh, especially European sites that you need to have a banner explaining your GDPR cookies use and all that stuff, uh, that that can affect your core web vitals when it becomes a ranking factor in May. And speaking of core web vitals, John Mueller mentioned in a hangout that even no indexed pages can contribute uh, to your Google's assessment of your core web vitals. So this is really interesting because we've always said that Google's algorithms basically assess your website based on what pages are in the index. The discussion on Twitter this week was basically saying that if you're, say, your shopping cart page that's not in Google's index has a horrible user experience, well, that could affect your core web vitals scores, and that could affect your, your site's ability to rank in Google. Um, so this is very interesting that even no indexed pages that are, in, that are useful or important to searchers are going to be uh, contributing to your score for core web vitals. 
does anybody else find that now that we know that core web vitals and in particular the cumulative layout shifts are going to be a part of Google's algorithm that you get like super judgy when surfing the web? The other day I accidentally tapped on an ad because my phone, uh, the, a site I was on did a CLS shift and I, I tapped on an ad by mistake and I actually started saying out loud, Google's going to get you in May. <laughs> in reality though, it wouldn't surprise me if when this does roll around and we actually do get core web vitals as a ranking factor that we don't see significant change um, other than maybe some of the really worst offenders losing rankings. Google doesn't often pre-announce changes to ranking factors. And when they have in the past, those algorithm updates that were supposed to be a really big deal, they really didn't have a lot of teeth. Uh, the ones I can think of right now are Google saying that HTTPS would be a ranking factor and that page speed would be a ranking factor, and maybe also that sites with mobile interstitials could be demoted. But really, with all of those, it turned out that none of those things really had a dramatic effect, uh, at least I could see on websites. I still think you should be working on your core web vitals though, because the more you can do to make your website user-friendly, the better, even if it doesn't matter specifically for SEO. I think it will, don't get me wrong, uh, but I think it may not be as drastic an effect as uh, some people are predicting. Uh, but the more you can do to help improve user experience, the better. All right, let's talk about passage-based ranking. Danny Sullivan announced via the Google search liaison Twitter account that on February 10th in the afternoon in Pacific time, Google launched passage-based ranking. Uh, and it's only for English queries right now and only in the United States. The tweet says that it'll come out for more countries in the future and also more languages. And also what I really like is that the tweet says that uh, they've promised to let us know when they make these future updates. Uh, so when passage-based ranking, gosh, I gotta learn how to say that, passage-based ranking <laughs> becomes a thing for the rest of the world, uh, then Google's gonna let us know about that. So that's really good. So let's get back to when Google first told us on Twitter about this thing that they called passage-based ranking. In October of last year, the Google search liaison account tweeted, I'm going to quote here, last week we shared about how we will soon identify individual passages of a web page to better understand how relevant a page is to a search. This will be a global change improving 7% of queries. So first, let's talk about this idea that this change will improve 7% of queries. That's not a small change. To put this in context, think about how strong of an effect the Penguin algorithm had when it rolled out. I bet you that many of you can remember where you were on April 24th, 2012. Because I've seen story after story of people losing rankings to a massive degree after being demoted by the Penguin algorithm. When Penguin rolled out, Google told us that it affected 3% of the search results. And passage-based ranking affects 7%. So this is no small change. Now the Panda algorithm, which again was a massive change introduced in search, uh, it was bigger than this. It impacted 12% of search results when it first initially came out. From what I've seen so far in analyzing our clients that seem to be affected by something around February 10th when this rolled out, 
it really is an interesting pattern. I've been debating on how much to share in this podcast because we're only a few days into this update and there's a lot of complicating factors in analytics. As I've mentioned in the last few weeks of a podcast, a lot of websites were hit with Google Analytics referral spam, which this time is no easy matter to filter out. We've talked in newsletter and podcast in the weeks past on uh, different ways that you can filter out this uh, referral bot spam. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's not easy. So say, you know, for sites that a lot of sites saw like a massive spike of say 400% traffic increases on January 31st, although a lot of the sites with, and this was the bot traffic, um, a lot of sites that got this bot traffic, it wasn't all on January 31st. It was basically the first week of February. Um, and so what we're seeing for a lot of these sites is, uh, we see this big spike, which I don't think is related at all to passage-based ranking, but it's going to be really confusing when you're looking at your analytics and trying to figure out what the heck happened in early February. So we see this big spike and then we see that it's followed with a very small decline in traffic starting on February 10th in some cases, February 11th. And it can be challenging to see that decline because of the big spike that's there uh, with the, the bot traffic. Uh, the sites that we're seeing that have declines, they all seem to have just a very gradual reduction in traffic. So this, this can f happen following a Google update, but if I think back to significant changes that happened in the past, like Panda or Penguin, or even major core updates, like say the August 1st, 2018 medic update, most of the sites that were affected saw a dramatic sudden change, either positive or negative. And it usually happens within 24 hours of the release of that update. I don't see a dramatic sudden change for any of our clients, uh, but I do see this gradual change that seems to start around February 10th for a lot of sites. Now we do have quite a few clients that see increases February 10th or thereabouts. Uh, but in each of these cases, I feel like the increase could be explained by something other than passage-based ranking. Uh, as much as I'd love to say that our clients benefited from this, uh, you know, last week was Valentine's day and a number of our clients saw really nice seasonal increases, uh, due to Valentine's day. So, Here's the part that I want to share that is the most interesting. And I, I do need to say that I'm hesitating just a little bit in sharing this because I've only had time to dig into just a small handful of sites at this point. Monday was family day here in Ontario. And for the first time in years, I actually took the day off and spent it with my family. I was super tempted to work on, I, I was going to start a whole guide to passage-based ranking and, uh, and said, no, <laughs> I'm going to spend time with my family instead. So since then I've looked at a few of our clients and there are some screenshots, uh, for those of you who are premium newsletter subscribers in newsletter, uh, I've, I've put some screenshots in there to demonstrate what we're seeing. Um, what we're seeing is several clients have a really slow decline in traffic and it starts February 10th. In some cases, it starts February 11th, which makes sense because uh, Google said that this change rolled out in the afternoon of February 10th in Pacific Standard Time, um, which means that it would be into the evening for a lot of sites if you were on the East Coast uh, of the U.S., for, perhaps. Um, so a lot of these sites saw declines in traffic, but no substantial changes in their keyword rankings. 
Again, we're super early in this. Now, every site has fluctuation in keyword rankings on a day-to-day basis. There's certainly some keywords that went up or down a position or two. But usually, when, when we see that a particular site or maybe a particular page does poorly after an algorithm update, that reduction in traffic usually can be correlated to a reduction in keyword rankings. Um, If you used to rank number one for your main keyword and an update knocks you down to say position three, that's gonna have a drastic effect. It's gonna have a drastic impact in your, your traffic. But the sites that we've looked at so far, they're not seeing this sudden drastic drop. What we're seeing is a slow, gradual decline. My really early theory is that many of the sites that are seeing declines are sites that used to rank well because of their EAT and less because of relevancy. Let me explain that a little further. Let's say that my, I'm totally making this up, but let's say that my doctor put me on some new medication and I have some weird side effects that I think might be related to the medication. So me being an SEO, I Google with the least number of keywords that I can find. And I, I would Google something like side effects of X, whatever, you know, if X is this medication. And Google's algorithms are probably going to show me a giant authoritative medical site that lists side effects. I'm probably going to see like WebMD or Mayo Clinic maybe at the top of the results. But often those side effects articles, they tend to have just general information. And they might not be really specific to what my actual question is. So I might see on WebMD that maybe one of the side effects of this medication is some kind of a skin rash, but that doesn't really answer my question. I, I want to, I want to, I basically am looking for examples of this very specific skin rash and could it be connected to this new medication? So let's say I reformulate my query. I'm used to searching with really short terms like side effects of X, but Google, we know now, wants to use natural language processing to better understand what I'm asking. So what if instead of searching for side effects of X, I asked my query in the form of an actual question to find out my answer? So I might search for something like, why do I have little red bumps on the inside of my arm after starting X medication? In that case, Google would probably still show me the authoritative medical sites, the WebMDs, the the Mayo Clinics, and all those that have articles on the side effects of that medication. But what if there was a thread on an obscure forum or maybe like a Reddit thread where somebody specifically talks about their personal experience with some little bumps that they got and how they went away after stopping this medication? Now, you can see why Google might be hesitant to rank a forum post or or even a reddit post because in most cases people who are giving medical advice on reddit they're probably not qualified to do so but does that make that post less helpful for me it might be actually the best answer for my query i keep talking about this movie that google put out called trillions of questions where they talk about how the algorithms work. If, again, if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. It's, it's, you should stop listening to this podcast and go watch this uh, video because it tells, I, I've learned so much about how Google's algorithms work just by watching this video a few times. Um, they mentioned in this movie how at some point a few years ago, they decided to put more weight on authoritativeness, probably mostly for YMYL queries, Uh, The way that I understand it is what they're trying to say is, all right, 
This is a medical query and we don't have a great relevant answer and we don't want to risk showing searches a potentially dangerous answer. And hey, the Mayo Clinic has some page that's loosely relevant. So let's show them that because we know we can trust the Mayo Clinic's content. I really think that with passage-based ranking, in some cases, Google may start to actually weigh relevancy higher now that they can, now that they can determine that a particular passage on a page really is a relevant answer to a searcher's query. It's also in this movie that Prabhaker Raghavan from Google shared about how Google will use passages. Now, his words caused a little bit of confusion because he used the word indexing here. He said, quote, We've recently made a breakthrough in ranking, and we are now able not to just index web pages, but individual passages from the pages. By better understanding the relevancy of specific passages, not just the overall page, we can find that needle in a haystack, the information that you're looking for. Now, don't get hung up on the use of the word index in here. Barry Schwartz followed up on this and Google confirmed that they're not indexing passages and that we actually should be calling this passage-based ranking as opposed to indexing. Uh, they're now able to find passages on pages that are relevant enough to rank, even if the entire page itself is not the best. The thing that makes passage-based ranking challenging to analyze, though, is that I'm still really positive that there was some kind of very significant update on Google's side that happened on February 6th, so just a few days before they released passage-based ranking. Again, passage-based ranking started February 10th, and some sites didn't see the effect till the 11th. Barry Schwartz reported that February 8th was an unannounced update. And, and we do have a couple of sites that look like February 8th was the start of a change, but we have a lot of sites in our profile that really do look typical of what we see after an algorithm update. And it looks like there was something that happened on Google's side on February 6th. So when you combine this change with the Google Analytics referral spam that happened just a couple of days before that to many sites across the web, and also the fact that passage-based ranking rolled out on February 10th, it means that the first week of February is a complete mess <laughs> for a lot of websites. This reminds me of back in 2012. I don't know how many of you will remember when Google launched the exact match domain update. It was on September 28th, 2012, and they made like a super big deal about it. But what they didn't tell us was that on September 27th, the day before, they launched a really big Panda update. I had a bunch of people reach out to me at that time asking why they'd been hit by the EMD update. And in every case, it was super obvious that the site was a Panda victim. Actually, that's not true. Uh, I did have one site that contacted me that was affected by the EMD update. And it was a website that was called something like WordPress. Oh, it was best WordPress themes dot biz or something like that. And it used to rank number one for best WordPress themes. And then with the EMD update, uh, it was like Google put less emphasis on the fact that they had uh, the keywords in their domain name and they lost rankings. But pretty much every other site that was affected that week was hit by this unannounced Panda update uh, and Google confused everybody by not sharing the news that they'd had a Panda update and making a big deal out of um, uh, EMD at the time. And I, I feel like that is what happened here. I mean, I do think that passage-based 
ranking is a big thing. And February 10th is a date that I'm probably going to be studying for quite some time. Uh, but I think that February 6th to 8th is something that I'm also going to be looking into for at least the next few weeks. So if I have anything I can share with you, I will. If your site was affected on either February 6th, February 8th, February 10th, and you want to share that with me on Twitter, I'd love for you to do that. Um, you can tweet at me at Marie underscore Haynes. Just know that I might not be able to directly respond to you. This is something I'm actually finding kind of challenging lately. I, I've I've always made a point of responding to every Twitter conversation that I can, um, provided they're not uh, abusive or just outright rude. <laughs> um, I figure if somebody takes the time to talk to me, I should probably respond to them. But last week I passed the 30,000 follower mark on Twitter, and I realized there's just not enough hours in the day for me to help everybody who asks a question. My, um, my 12-year-old daughter, she's still on at me about how she has more followers on TikTok than I have on Twitter. I think she has about 40,000 on TikTok. She has these two things she keeps saying to me. She says, imagine only having 30,000 followers. And I say, imagine having 40,000 followers and not making any money off of it. <laughs> we have a good laugh. And then the second thing she says to me is, Imagine not being able to do the renegade. So if you don't know, the renegade is a, it's a TikTok dance and also it's a Fortnite emote. And I have zero dance skill, despite the fact that my mom was, she was a professional dancer. She had a full scholarship to the Royal Ballet, but I can't dance worth beans. But what, what my daughter doesn't know is that I found this WikiHow tutorial with step-by-step -step instructions on how to do the renegade. So I'm learning a little bit each day. So the next time she says, imagine not being able to do the renegade, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to completely blow her mind. So... I got to remember to practice that after, after podcast recording today. Still, it does really help me when you share your sites and your screenshots and any information you have about your traffic drops. And of course, if you've suffered a traffic drop and you actually want to hire my team to look into it specifically, then you can reach out to us at help at mariehaines.com. Okay, before we get on to this interesting stuff that John Mueller said about manual actions versus algorithmic actions, this is probably a good place for me to ask if you could drop a like. Um, whatever your platform is, whatever you're listening to this on, uh, that really helps the podcast get heard by more people, which encourages me to keep doing this and providing as much helpful information as I can. So if you get any value out of me babbling on about what's changing in SEO and how you could improve your site, I'd love for you to leave a like or even a comment on whatever you're listening to uh, here. Um, and speaking of subscribing, we're going to be putting out some content on YouTube in a video format, uh, some Q&A content soon. So if you're not already subscribed to the Marie Haynes Consulting Inc. YouTube account, I'd encourage you to do that now so you get notified when I answer these reader questions. I'm going to answer questions about EAT and traffic drops and, and things like that. All right, let's talk about this Reddit post where John Mueller chimed in, and then I guess he deleted his response. And I didn't really think anything he said there was contrary to what actually happens at Google, but I think that what he said opens up a lot of questions. And I suspect that John removed it because he knew that Barry Schwartz would write about it, and I would talk about it, and the whole SEO community would make a big fuss over this. So... Uh, sure enough, not only did Barry write about it, but he included the full post on Search Engine Roundtable. The, the, the question on Reddit was called, 
What's the worst Google can do to a website if caught using black hat SEO tactics? Can I lose my website or get permanently de-indexed? So, so John uh, chimed into this thread and he, he gave his uh, thoughts and you can read the entire response on search engine Roundtable. I'm not going to read it all out. John started by saying that sites don't permanently get banned from Google. We know they can get de-indexed. We got an email this morning from Google for one of our clients that we've been trying for a while now to remove a pure spam manual action. Um, and the email told us that we were successful with a reconsideration request, which is always good. But the whole time that this site was under the manual action, they were completely de-indexed. Now, I can't go into the specifics on that particular case, but what I, the point that I'm trying to make is that even a site that Google thinks is pure spam and that Google has completely removed from their index, it can be fixed to the point where Google wants to include it in their index again. Um, this case, we had to recommend changes in business practices for this, uh, this site. And uh, I wish I could share more with you, but pure spam is something that is very, very challenging to get removed. The problem though that we've seen for many sites that get a manual action is that they were only ranking successfully because they were pushing the limits of Google's guidelines. So we successfully got this particular site back in the index, but often what we'll see is that it's really challenging to rank once you get a manual action. And that's not because Google has some sort of lasting stigma on the site. Rather, if you were ranking, say, on the power of a private blog network, links from, you know, a link wheel or something like that. And Google discovered this network. And then with the manual action, they stopped passing page rank through those links. Removing that manual action is not going to give you back the power that those links once had. So it's super common to have a site that gets a manual action and then never ranks well after that again. But what sounds really interesting though, is this part where he said, and I'm going to quote here for everything else. So he's meaning for other than manual actions, there's a variety, he's talking basically here, he goes on to say, this is Google's algorithms. Quote, there's a variety of ignoring the bad parts and focusing on the good, skipping for certain search features. For example, this site's not in news and a broad drop in search ranking if the bad parts can't be separated that well. That last bit really makes sense to me. If you've seen a dramatic across the board drop in rankings with a Google update, especially a core update, and especially in the last couple of years, I really do think it's possible that Google's algorithms have placed the suppression on your site because they can't separate out the good from the bad. Uh, John also went on in this Reddit post to talk about how we should be ignoring when our competitors are using black hat methods. So let me explain that a little bit more. He said, and I'm going to quote here, people accidentally do black hat SEO by following bad advice, like use white text with your keywords. You know, that's something that used to work many years ago. If you stuffed a bunch of keywords on your page and then you made them the same color as the background, then Google's algorithms would see them, but searchers wouldn't. And that type of keyword stuffing, I mean, today, that's really easy for Google's algorithms to find and, and to just ignore. But let's say that you saw that your competitor was keyword stuffing and yet they're ranking above you. 
a lot of people would complain that that about that type of thing. People will say, well, my competitors, they're all ranking above me and they have unnatural links or they have this other thing that's against Google's guidelines. And what I believe John's saying here is that often their algorithms can just ignore those tactics. And a site can rank in spite of the fact that they're trying to uh, get away with things that break Google's guidelines. So you could argue that, well, if they were ignored, why don't I try them? Maybe, maybe some of those tactics would work for me. And, and if they're ignored, oh, well, who cares? I think that's where you can run into the problem that I just mentioned a few minutes ago, where John says that sometimes Google's algorithms, they can't separate out what's good from what's manipulative on your website. And if that's the case, then you can see drops across the board in terms of rankings and traffic. And then he talked about situations where he didn't say specifically were core updates, but I'm pretty sure that's what he was talking about. He said, uh, he was talking about seeing declines after an update that are related to Google, not thinking your site is as relevant as it once was quote. He said, it's like when a radio station no longer plays your music because it's no longer considered great. You don't just change the drum samples. You kind of need to rethink what you're creating overall. And we see this all of the time. This is a really good example of how I feel passage-based ranking is going to work or perhaps already working. You might already have an excellent website where you're doing nothing wrong. And maybe you're ranking for some queries that you weren't the most relevant for, but because your website is excellent and because Google can see that you're trustworthy and you've got authors with expertise, well, Google's algorithms in the past might've ranked you for queries where they couldn't figure out that the, the question properly. Or maybe they couldn't figure out the answer to the query that's in your content properly. So now that they can use natural language processing to better understand the query and also the content that they want to match with that query. And now that they have passage-based ranking, they can be even more specific in saying, ah, this particular paragraph is a really good match for this searcher's query. I keep going back to how the last revision in the quality raters guidelines added uh, several new examples to show the raters how to assess whether a searcher's needs have been met. The more we analyze specific pages or keywords that aren't doing well for clients after core updates, and we look at which pages Google has actually rewarded from their competitors after this update, uh, we can see that Google's doing a better and better job at showing searchers the content that they're actually looking for. I think I'm going to end here this week. I, I could keep talking forever about uh, what Google does and, and passage-based ranking and my theories on what's happening. Um, I, I'll definitely be looking more into passage-based ranking over the weeks to come, and I'll share as much as I can on what I learn about this. For now, uh, I'm off to spend my afternoon figuring out an odd ranking issue. I we still don't have an answer for this one site that can't rank for their brand name. Uh, so I, I think we're, we're soon about to publish an article on it and, and we'll reach out to you, the community, to see uh, if you have any ideas to help us figure this out because it's a very, very strange case. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and uh, as always, I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. <laughs>